everybody, this is Ty from the band Sink In. You don't care about us, though. You care about Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Please like us on Facebook, where you can click the anchor link to leave us a voicemail. You can follow us on Twitter at StayTunedTNH. You can even email the show at StayTunedTNH at gmail.com. You can find our merchandise at tchip.com and by searching Stay Tuned. A big thank you to Jesus Perez for helping to set that up for us. And if you need any artistic help, you can look him up on Facebook at Ace in the Hole Signs and Graphics or Dirty Baby Original. And his website is aceintheholesigns.com. We are available on all major podcast platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So please make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate your support. Now, let's get into the show. All right. Well, uh, welcome to another episode of Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. And uh, Troy, uh, we have a we have a pretty interesting guest coming up and uh it's uh one that i'm uh that i've known for i i forgot how long i've known her uh yeah <laughs> it just it's just amazing how time flies i mean i've known i've known melinda rosario for over uh uh for over 15 years i guess and uh mm-hmm. wow it's just amazing yep uh, uh yeah t- time goes by way too fast sometimes and uh yeah melinda rosario with the American Red Cross and um, it was really a pleasure to get to know her and to learn a lot mm-hmm. that I didn't even know was available from the American Red Cross honestly. Yeah I mean you were just mentioning this morning uh, you know about I guess they have a what, what is that the opportunity to uh, win some tickets to uh, Indy? Yeah the, the 22, 2022 Indy 500 uh, if you give blood before April 15th which is right around the corner here. So you got to get out there. Yep. Um, you could, you have a chance to win four tickets to the 2022 Indy 500. And uh, also anytime in April, if you go, uh, you'll receive an automatic entry for a chance to win a thousand dollars e-gift card. So, wow. you know, two incentives right there, you know, as if saving somebody's life wasn't enough, <laughs> uh, you know, to, to possibly win some prizes there too, just for giving some blood and helping somebody out that might need yeah. it. Yeah exactly um, so yeah you can't go wrong there and uh yeah and you're just in obviously e-gift cards and uh and and melinda will talk more about this later but 90 percent, 90 percent of the american red cross is volunteers yeah that's so, insane yeah so to me uh you know when it comes to uh finding a, a charitable um organization that mm-hmm. is worth donating money to, to me, the American Red Cross would be that organization. 100%. Um, yeah. I, I didn't realize how much it was volunteer. And, and the thing that really struck me in this whole conversation was it, it's one thing to give up your time to go do something like this, to help somebody out. Right. But then these people are also sacrificing their vacations and stuff like that, because not even yeah. thinking about the fact that they have regular jobs. And in order to get away from those regular jobs, they got to use their vacation time in order to use it. Now that's not all jobs. Some jobs are, are a lot more forgiving, but some of these, some jobs are like, no, I'm sorry. Yep. If you want to go, you're gonna have to use vacation time to go. And that's just incredible to think that people are that selfless I to know. do something like that. I yeah. know. It is amazing. So, uh, but yeah, so, 
uh, you know, we, we, we're going to talk with uh, Melinda and you're going to learn a lot about her and, um, you know, as far as where she came from, uh, how she got to working in this field and, and, uh, and we'll also even learn that she was a D one athlete. I mean, yeah, geez, uh, it's just amazing. You know? <laughs> so, uh, so, so I think, uh, you know, why don't we, uh, without further ado, we'll, uh, we'll go and, uh, chat with Melinda and, uh, we'll do it, you know, right after this quick message. All right. And good evening and uh, good day or whatever time you're listening to this show. Uh, we got ourselves a uh, special guest in many ways. Uh, number one, um, I've, I've known you for, I don't know, when did, when did you come to Polaris School, uh, Melinda? We're speaking to Melinda Rosario, by the way. Yeah, I think, I'm thinking 2005. Oh, so, so you were like a year after? That is a long time ago. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that is a long time ago. Long time ago. Uh, 16 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now you're making me feel a little old here. <laughs> so time flies um, when you're having fun. Yeah. 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 Let's go with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting because, um, you know, it, it's interesting to kind of follow the journeys of the different people that have worked in that school and to see what different people have done you know, within their respective uh, fields. And, uh, and you're no exception to that role. You are, uh, you are now working for, uh, what is it, the American Red Cross? The American Red Cross, yes. Yeah. And what is your title there? So I uh, get to say that I work in disaster. Okay. <laughs> so I am a disaster program specialist with the Central Pennsylvania chapter. Okay. Wow. And, uh, and you've been there less than a year. I just no. finished a year in February. Oh, so okay. I'm a seasoned veteran. Oh, I yeah. it for a year. <laughs> and when you say seasoned veteran, where have you been? Well, in the last year, I have been deployed to Beaumont, Texas, New Orleans, Louisiana, okay. Eugene, Oregon. My gosh. And Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. And what now, was going on in Milwaukee? There was an extremely large apartment fire. We do not usually deploy for fi for apartment fires. Right. Um, but this was a special case. Um, just, it, it was unfortunate. A, a large, large apartment fire. And a lot of the folks that were living there were veterans. Oh, um, so it was a special circumstance. And because of some of the needs of the clients, they needed more folks to come in. We recently had gotten a, a different IT system and some different programming. So some of the things, what my job was on that deployment was to do recovery casework. Okay. Help people recover after the fire. And because of the newness of our system and different experiences and different specialties, they needed people to come in that knew how to use the system well already and were familiar with the population. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. So, um, 
I guess when you like what, I, I guess what is the protocol or what is the, what has to take place for you to get that phone call? Because how do they call somebody in central Pennsylvania to show up to, you know, to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or even New Orleans for that matter? Sure. So there's a couple different parts to it. So um, there is your regular day job, local job, what I do in our local chapter every single day. And then there's also, um, I have a mass care job as well. Okay. So it's different trainings that anyone can take. Um, I work full-time for the Red Cross, but many of our volunteers, most of our volunteers um, have harder jobs than I do. We have, we're a 90% volunteer work. Okay. Uh, over 90% of our work is done by volunteers that are doing this on their time for free. Huh. We, um, and because we're not for profit, staff is small. Right. Um, so by learning different things, doing different trainings and getting prepped for specific jobs, um, when a disaster happens, if you have a certain job title and training, then you could go on the list. Now, we always, because the goal is to preserve the donor dollar, all our funding is completely by donors. We do not take any government money okay. whatsoever. It's 100% donations. Oh, wow. Um, and so in order, so we have the freedom to kind of operate independently. Yeah. Um, and and not worry about any political strings <laughs> or anything like that, which is, which is really great. Um, I would think so. But with that, so we always start at the local level. So when there's a fire in Milwaukee, the local chapter responds. Okay. They are getting the operation off the ground. They're doing the assessment, figuring out what's going on, how many people this involves. They start from there. Once you figure out what is going on, what is going to be needed, and how many people need help, then you start sourcing out. So it always starts uh, with those folks the closest. Um, once you know that you're going to be going for a little while, you can only have someone in a certain position because they're volunteers for okay. up to two weeks. People have to work if you yeah. so if, if you were going to get deployed for the red cross you'd have to take off work and use your vacation right mm. um we do have volunteers of course everybody has whatever they do full time or they might be retired it, it everyone's situation is different mm -hmm. but when you deploy you're working 12 hour shifts every single day wow mm. um and so and you're 100% there to serve people. It can be exhausting. And um, so staying longer than two weeks is is really not great physically and emotionally for volunteers. Right. Um, you, you want fresh people to come in, get a new perspective. And so that's when they kind of start outsourcing a little bit. We always start with the closest, then they might do people within um, a 300 mile radius. If those positions don't get filled, they open it up to 600 miles. If this is one of those disasters, um, for example, like New Orleans during hurricane season, where it might be one on top of another, right? the local resources 
can be getting exhausted. Plus they still have to do, just because there's a disaster happening, doesn't mean their normal day job stops. There might be a hurricane, but that doesn't mean there's also not still house fires going on every single day. Good point. So yeah. You have to still preserve mm. and have enough workforce to run the chapter at a regular level as oh, well. Wow. So that's when, when something may go on for months at a time, you've got to get folks in, do the job, and then we're going to get fresh folks in because we want to keep up that quality level of service sure. for the volunteer, for um, the clients. We don't want them to have folks that are burnt out. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. And it is specialized. There are certain jobs that only a very small number of people can do. There are other jobs that if you're a brand new volunteer and we get you trained up, um, you could easily do it and you would learn right on the job. Um, okay. There are other things, though, that really take some specialty training. And yeah. And need highly qualified people to do that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, go ahead, Troy. I was just going to say, like, she kind of took answered some of my questions already about the nonprofit, about the volunteers. Um, now, the thing that kind of piqued my interest there, I, I didn't really think about the people that are volunteering. Not only are they volunteering and taking their time and their efforts and their energies to do that, but they're also sacrificing their vacation time and yeah. stuff from work if they're working. And um, right. is that something like, are, are, you might not know this answer and it might depend on the job, but are some jobs willing to give the people, say they want to, say they had go somewhere and they have to use their two weeks up and something else happens three months down the road, they don't have any more vacation time to use. Is that something that jobs usually kind of work with them on or how does that work? Or? It really depends on the company. I, I can thing. tell you that prior to coming to the Red Cross, I worked for a small diverse business. They were wonderful. Um, my first year working there, I had already pre-planned a mission trip with a different organization. And the company I was working for was amazing. I did not have enough vacation time at that point. And they said, we got you. We're covering your vacation time. Go wow. because it was doing something to serve somewhere else. Sure. And they believed in that. Um, <clears throat> some companies do that. Some don't. It totally depends on them. Um, some of our folks, I mean, we have incredible dedicated volunteers and some of them do. They save mm -hmm. up their vacation time so that they can deploy to help other people. And yeah, I mean, you can't say enough about that. No, that, just, that's, that's amazing because it's one thing just to take your time and effort and mm -hmm. stuff to volunteer, not even processing and thinking that this is time that they have saved up, that they have to take off work that they would normally, that any other normal person would be using to go enjoy themselves somewhere. Right. You know, that's, right. uh, that's quite the sacrifice. These, I, I cannot say enough great things hmm. about our volunteers. I mean, truly, truly amazing people. And we've got folks, I mean, coming from everywhere, all, all mm -hmm. different jobs, all different backgrounds, but they all want to serve. They all want to help and they all want to care for other people. And we use all those different skills mm -hmm. in backgrounds because when we do have a disaster, we're basically setting up our own little village. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so anything you would need to run a, a, a little village and meet people's needs, we need that. 
and mm -hmm. it doesn't come from anywhere else. It's all our volunteers. So, I mean, we've probably got a hundred page manual full of different jobs and descriptions and yeah. you name it, we need it to keep the operation running. Wow. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually uh, a part of a, a disaster response uh, team. Actually, it's uh, part of the Pennsylvania disaster response. And um, I, I'm actually pretty lucky in that sense too, with the company that I work with um, corporation wise, because it's a larger corporation. And, uh, and if there's a situation where I have to go out to uh, they'll actually pay me to do that, which That's is awesome. really nice. So I don't even have to take a vacation day or two or whatever. And uh, so uh, it's, it's been kind of uh, nice. And I think that's what I was going to get at because uh, I think it depends on the type of field that you're working in, because, you know, if I'm, if I'm a cashier at Walmart, there's a good chance Walmart's not going to be as forgiving right. uh, about me going on a disaster response for a couple of weeks. And, right. uh, you know, so I think it helps to kind of work in the field in a sense, you know. It, it does. And and I'll tell you, though, we have a lot of community partners in all different types of businesses. Yeah. That maybe they're not able to give their employees that vacation time, but they do help us with donations and products. Yeah, that's awesome. So a lot of those companies... Um, they help in so many different ways just, just with a lot of things. I mean, even I'll give you an example is um, if when we're serving meals because of COVID right now in the environment we're in, we're not doing it so that we're dishing out food. We're getting mm -hmm. to go meals. And right. so in order to get those distributed, it's like, okay, we got the meal, but we need the silverware and the napkins and the snacks. And we need a bag to put it in. So we might need to go to a local company and say, hey, can you give us a box of your plastic bags that people mm -hmm. need their groceries in? And that we then don't have to buy those. Right. That's a huge deal to us. Oh, I would imagine so. And yeah. speaking of donations, um, are the majority of your donations, are they local or are they national? Um. I am going to say that that would be a question for somebody in our okay. business office, but it's, it's both. We do um, folks send in checks mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Um, folks can donate online um, and they can do that to the American Red Cross in general, or they can right. specify like we want to donate to this chapter or we want to donate specifically to this service line sure. um, so it really depends on on what a person wants to do we definitely yeah. have amazing corporate sponsors okay um but we've got great individual folks and families um mm -hmm. that make donations and and those are kind of the ones that mean the most at least to me yeah, yeah. If, if i know it, you're working and and you've got so much you can donate uh it's different than a large corporation donating we appreciate that so much and um right. but those individual donations from somebody that has potentially been served by mm -hmm. us in some way or or knows someone involved are just so meaningful gotcha and, and where where can people go if they would like to donate uh they can go to redcross.org um 
redcross.org is where you can do anything. You can find out about all our programs. You can find out how to volunteer. You can donate um, either financially or find out where you can give blood, but redcross.org is, is where you're gonna find out so much information. It's where you can find out about programming. We do local programming and online programming that's all free. Mm -hmm. um, any of that can come off that website. Um, a lot of, of what we do, I work in the disaster line and part of what we do is disaster preparedness. What do you do if there's a disaster? Well, we would never charge someone to find out how to stay safe. So right. we're doing this programming um, locally and uh, in non-COVID times, we can do that in person. Right now, uh, just like every other organization, we had to flip, um, but we've had a lot of success with doing our virtual programming right now. And, and we're reaching so many people and still making sure that they're prepared and that they're safe and they know what to do if an emergency happens. Okay. So our yeah. donations, are they harder to come by uh, right now because of COVID or, or what's um, the status you think? Like I said, I'm, I am not, I have nothing to do with the money. Yeah. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> I bet you <laughs> are. But I, I will say that a lot of times in times of disaster, that's when people are the most generous. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was I would agree. wondering. Yeah, people, um, they want to help. They do, and um, especially with COVID, is a disaster. It's a total different type of disaster, mm -hmm. but it really changes the way that we have to operate and serve people. And you know, any change costs a little bit more money. And sure. um, so those donations that folks have helped with and that help with all the time, I mean, they're amazing. And we could never do it without our donors and yeah. our volunteers. And some of, I, I will tell you, not only do our volunteers donate their time, but most of them donate a lot more than that. And, and they're just amazing people. Uh, our, our volunteers are donating their time. They're donating their finances. They're donating blood. Yeah. Um, and, and they're doing it because they want to help the community and other people. Oh, they get nothing. That's awesome. they, they get nothing um, except the satisfaction of mm. helping human beings. And let's face it, isn't that the truth? This is when we find out who the true people are in times of crisis, you know? Yeah, yeah and, and I'll tell you, these folks that continued to volunteer knowing that there were all these rules and regulations and and we uh, of course had to follow all those mandates which made it a little harder to volunteer for some people and they really sacrificed some of their safety at times sure. to mm -hmm. make sure that other people's needs were being met um without a second thought mm -hmm. people have a need and we're going to make sure they're safe yes awesome. i'm kind of going to do it in a safe way yeah it's it's very commendable, you know, the whole thing. And, um, but I'm just trying to connect some dots here. And <laughs> so you started here in February, obviously the shutdown happened in March. I was so, in my office for three I, weeks. Three I was just going to say, you were probably training, like nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, all this training you just had just got thrown all out the window it, and you got like a totally different plate handed to you. <laughs> I did. I will tell you, um, 
I never expected to work from home. I didn't ever want to work from home. <laughs> um, but it really, I mean, you kind of see what you're made of. If this is not emergency preparedness, mm. I don't know what is. It's like, hey, welcome to disaster. Yeah. And surprise, you're three weeks in and we're going to throw a pandemic on you to see yeah. how it works out. So um, <laughs> it's, it's funny, my counterpart, she and I started one week apart. Ah. And so we thought, oh, awesome, we're new. And we have the biggest disaster in modern times on our hands <laughs> to try and navigate. And I'm not even sure if I have insurance yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my no i i will tell you though um the folks we work with i mean this is what we do you think on your feet you pivot you figure out what works and they did there mm -hmm. was okay we're going home and this is what we're doing because just because there's a pandemic guess what houses still catch on fire every day people yeah. still need blood every day people still need to know how to do cpr every single day mm -hmm. um none of that stopped we had to immediately figure out how to keep our services moving at the same quality because people needed them more true true and i can't help but every time i'm looking at this shirt that you're wearing it's, it's oh, what, is it, yeah is that a is that like a forest green um it is actually gray oh, okay. um, because uh, I am in my 1950s house with horrible lighting, <laughs> but it's, it's gray. We, gotcha. do have, we do have green ones. We do have military style shirts because we do services to the armed forces. That oh, is, okay. That is one of our service lines. We um, gotcha. have a Red Cross presence on every military base in the world. Okay. Wow. And every time I'm looking at that shirt, I can't help but like flashback to my childhood of watching mash yes. <laughs> yes. well so this symbol the red cross symbol um yeah there are very few places you can use it but it really is um it's used medically huh. mm -hmm. and um it's used by the red cross okay and and there are a lot of rules and regulations uh, about that because of what it symbolizes of of help yeah Oh, wow. Well, you know what? Um, you you introduced us, by the way, to a, um, a fellow uh, show host. In fact, he's the only person ha who has appeared twice on our show. And uh, and obviously, we're talking about Brad Moyer, who uh, works for uh, Mount Gretna Brewery. And um, and I guess you have a little more of a connection with him than uh, maybe some even think. Um, uh, because are you not an ordained minister? I am. And did you not <laughs> marry Brad and his wife? I did. I married <laughs> Brad and Callie. Okay. And I was super excited about that. It was my first and only wedding ceremony to date, but I am available. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I'm sure, I'm sure not cheap either. I'm sure it's a pretty expensive service. Uh, absolutely yes top yes. dollar i will say uh, brad and callie got customized vows oh okay customized vows i i did not go with the script um, <laughs> be, because uh, they, they are uh, there's really, nothing really, scripted about them right no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> a 
really great friends of mine. Um, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful people. And um, they deserve something special. They they wanted to do a little non-traditional. And, um, you know, we we have a, a lot of jokes uh, in our in our friend <coughs> group about all of our various jobs and qualifications to do things that we may not, <laughs> you know, have quite the education we need for, but there are some things that um, the internet makes possible. So and you got I, ordained especially for this occasion. I did. I wow. did. Oh my goodness. When Callie told us that, that Brad had popped the question, which we didn't, we weren't really expecting that they're, you know, they're non-traditional uh-huh. and she, and she said, uh, so who's going to marry us? And I'm like, well, what, what do we need to do to get you? <laughs> they're like, well, we're getting, we're getting married in the parking lot. So what do you need to do? I said, hold on while, while I'm texting on one <laughs> hand, you know, I'm looking on the computer on the other. It took me about five minutes to get ordained and um, really then I was ready to go I was ready to go oh my I gosh I did do a little research though because they are they're friends of mine and I do have you know a strong faith so I did didn't want it to be ridiculous I wanted yeah. it to be nice I wanted it to mean something and uh that you know neither one of them go to church on a regular basis and um I'm kind of the uh go to for for the church questions in our group and um and so I was I was excited to do it I was happy to do it and to bring in that aspect and you know be a special part of their ceremony and their marriage license has my name on it which I love oh yeah I didn't even think of that and now Brad has health care that's right Yep, that's, that's right. What he, was, he was saying hitched for healthcare. That's what he kept telling us. Hey, that's it. That was their wedding hashtag. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. No, they uh, what a character. And they, what a they character. totally I mean they're such a great couple. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if he told you, you know they have a new little one now, right? A dog. They do. Charlie. Yes. I did. I, I I don't think he officially told us. I think I noticed it on his social media. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I yeah. think same here. Yeah. Charlie is is their new baby. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I actually got to meet his first one, his original one. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess before it passed away. And uh yeah. Um it was uh, in fact uh I believe that dog was at the uh that previous brewery that he worked at. I guarantee he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was yes. at Mount Gretna today. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. He is. Um, he he goes everywhere with them so far, but they, mm-hmm. he, he's growing up. He's starting. We're we're teasing them okay. a little bit about this. He's starting a fancy private school next week. Oh wow! Ooh. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you also, you know, now we're going to go back a little bit more in history, oh. and uh, we won't we won't tell the audience how many years in history. Uh, but um, but you went to the University of West Virginia. I did. I went to WVU. Yes. And um, while at West Virginia, you know, you actually had some interesting friends out there, um, including, you know, one that I'm aware of. I've never met him in person. I don't know if you're even going to know where I'm going with this. 
Mm. Um, but, uh, but aren't you friends or weren't you friends with uh, a former Pittsburgh Steeler running back? Yeah. Amos yeah. Zaraway. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, we did go to school at the same time. Um, we um, obviously saw more of each other in school. Uh, right. We keep in touch loosely on Facebook. I would, I, I do not want to say that, you know, we're not calling each other on the phone <laughs> these days or anything yeah. like that, but um, yeah. And I'll tell you, speaking of Pittsburgh Steelers, yes, I, I've got my buddy on my desk here right now. You might know who this is, you know? Oh is? yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pittsburgh dad. Pittsburgh dad. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. we got to, we actually uh, interviewed uh, Buffalo Bill's dad. I heard. Yeah, which was kind of interesting. I would love to get to be able to talk with that guy. Um, oh, man. Isn't he amazing? Yeah, he is Isn't so he funny. And, and and they started out kind of like you guys, but it was it was video. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Super fun thing that, you know, started out local and exploded. And I'll tell yeah. you, speaking of bills, though, I have a, a good friend from college that I do keep in touch with um, that played for the bills for a while. Corey McIntyre. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Wonderful, wonderful guy. And Was, and, was he and, with the Ravens too, I think, or? Um, he was with a couple different places, but yeah. Um, but he was with the Bills for for a good chunk, and that, I, I do remember that. That's his team, and uh, yeah, wonderful guy. We had a hey. lot. Um, the the years that I was at West Virginia, we had a lot of folks come out um, mm-hmm. that that did pretty well for themselves. Yeah, and um, and good people too. I mean, you good. know, you know what I mean. When you go to West Virginia. You're going to a Division One school. Sure. But you're not going to a Division One school that's you know got that's a in the limelight. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so it really is what you make it. It you get a great education. They really um, they treat their athletes well. Um, but you have to work, and yeah, you need to toe the line, and they prepare you. Um, I lucked into an athletic scholarship while I was there. Um, oh, really? And, and I was, oh, it was amazing. Yes. I, um, I was an athlete in high school, but I would not say that I was, uh, an expert in anything. I was just kind of hanging out and doing my thing and scholarship and, in what specifically uh, rowing. Really? Yeah. I went to high school at Lebanon high. <laughs> Clearly rowing was not offered. <laughs> Um, really, they have, big, they, they, they have they they're like state champs in rowing. I think. <laughs> and I, that's right. Oh right. my! Um, well, and you know what? Just my freshman year, there were some signs up in the elevators, signs up in the stairways. Hey, you want to join the rowing team? Oh my gosh! The rowing team was like right. I mean, that that was not a thing that crossed my radar, and um. A couple of my girlfriends and I were like, yeah, let's do it. Like we did stuff and like, let's try it. And at that time it was a club sport. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, halfway through my freshman year, they took us all in for this huge meeting with the athletic department and said, Hey, we're going to be adding a woman's sport next year. Um, we're not sure if we're going to add softball or if we're going to add rowing, but we already have a club <laughs> team for rowing. They didn't have 
any club teams for softball. Wow. Get out. So they said, this is what we're doing. They told we're recruiting, we're doing this, but you guys are already on the team. So you will all be allowed to walk on. And that's something. there was a handful of us that, that made the team. And um, let me tell you, that was an experience. Um, <laughs> it, and it was amazing. The travel we got to do. Yeah. Just things that you don't think about that division one athletes experience that mm-hmm. they all experience. It's not just the football team or the basketball team. If you've got this now, you might not have your, your picture on a poster or anything, right. but as far as the programming and the opportunities, absolutely amazing. Huh. Isn't that something? Really neat. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of reminds me because my, my son's going to Penn state and, uh, and he got, and he's not an athlete in any sense of the word, but he got (laughs) to, um, they asked him if he would be interested in managing the uh, basketball team out there. And, um, you know, and, and he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it for a year or two or whatever. And, and that, and I guess he did it for uh, two years and, um, the one year they got to uh, travel down to Miami and uh, play in this big tournament. And he said it was like the best experience of his life. Cause they got to go out and hang out with the team and hang out in the town and on the beach. And um, but yeah, just some of the experiences I, I can imagine, like some of the travel that you got to do probably yeah. was like so memorable. I mean, it was, it was great. Now, now I will tell you, we did not, um, we were not, flying most places at that okay. point in time uh, now years later they did yeah. um, but we were I mean we were the first mm-hmm. division one women's rowing team and so um we took a lot of vans those nice 15 mm-hmm. passenger vans and because we had to take the boats with us yeah so um I kind of learned to drive on all different things and uh so, so I was one of the drivers and you would get to not only are you driving the 15 passenger van but yeah. you're also towing all the boats <laughs> oh my cars. gosh Woo, that's crazy fun time uh but yeah I mean yeah. and you just do stuff that I mean that's just not a regular experience so it's right. a really, really special thing that that's a lot of fun and you have those bonds for life with people. Sure. And not only that, but do you ever get called back to West Virginia um, to be a representative from the initial first ever rowing team or. You know what? I do not, but I will tell you one of the girls that was on my team um, became a coach. Oh yeah. And she, she was, that was awesome. Now I will tell you as of a few years ago, it was dropped okay. the sport there. But unfortunately, uh-huh. um, rowing is not a huge sport in West Virginia either. Um, <laughs> I, I'm still not sure why, but um, <laughs> we travel to cool places. I mean, rowing is something that Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's, you know, a great oh, yeah. city, Philadelphia, but most places where you're rowing, it, it's going to be up in some of those Ivy League schools mm-hmm. uh, up in, in a little further northeast of us um or it's it's going to be on a coast yeah west coast not a lot of huge rowing in west virginia just like central pa it's the darndest thing but um yeah but i will tell you it 
it was amazing. And you learn things. I mean, you know this. You you play, you learn things playing yeah. sports that apply so much to life and just oh my gosh, yeah. leadership and being on a schedule and being accountable. That uh, you just can't take that away. Yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yep. And one of my favorite podcasters is from West Virginia too. So, well, he went to West Virginia. He's not, he's actually from Pittsburgh. Oh, so. who is that? Pat, Pat McAfee. Uh, yes. Now <laughs> <laughs> I am very aware of Pat McAfee. I have never met him. I've not had the pleasure, but yeah, I am very aware. <laughs> huh. He is, he is a hoot. That guy is a hoot, man. He, yeah. he is something else. I, I love it. And I love when he talks about his West Virginia days. Now when he went there, he doesn't say he ever, like, all he ever talks about is all the parties he ever went to. It was pretty big party school. It, it was. Um, I'll tell you what. <laughs> She's going to plead the fifth on this part. <laughs> I remember. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a state university. That's yep. sure. That's what it is. I will tell you that um, I started there in the fall of 98, and my mom was driving me down to drop me off in August, you know, and uh, on the radio, they were listing, you know, every year they come out with that party school list and West Virginia was number one that year. And um, <laughs> oh my, my mom goodness. was very excited about that, that um, sure she I was. decided <laughs> to uh, go to the number one party school in the nation. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, Cause I, that's where I went. I don't know if it was any better right. or worse than other places, but I, I will tell you, it is a, an amazing college town and um there was definitely a lot of fun stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> yes most definitely but so I, I i had to get up and be at practice at 4 a.m so oh. there there was not yeah there was yeah i didn't stay up too late you had long. some responsibilities to take I care of some responsibilities not that i'm advocating being totally crazy, but that that's where you learn what no. you can and can't do with your life. Oh yeah. You, know, you figure out what you can and can't handle. And um it's a good time to do all that dumb stuff so that you're not doing it when you're 40. Yep. So, Get it out of your system, yeah. right? Time to figure out who you are, but you know, in the same sense, you know, also take care of your responsibilities. It's a tough yeah. line to draw. And uh, that's why some kids have that have a real big problem that first year because they get there and all they want to do is just have party, have fun, hang out, do whatever. Yeah. And all of a sudden the semester's over and uh, <laughs> uh, maybe I should have done a little bit more work. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Now, are you going to encourage your son to uh, go to WVU or does he have other thoughts? In I, I will tell you, um, my son is more, um, he could care less about sports. That's not okay. his thing. You know, he does, he's in bands. He does Boy Scouts, similar to, to your boys. I was and, just going to um, say, yeah. He is more, um, he's pretty hands-on and he really wants to go to Votech. And, and Donnie has a great Votech nice. program. And um, whatever he wants to do is, is I, I just want to support him in that. That's he, awesome. Hands-on kid and um he mm-hmm. wants to go to Votech. If he decides to go to school later, he can. If he decides, yep. you know, every once in a while, he mentions maybe the military. Totally up to he's thirteen, so everything's up in the air. Yeah, he's got a ways to, to, to go. Do is what I'm a huge he, ad, 
I'm a huge advocate for those Votex and technical oh, schools yeah. and stuff like that, though. Like, and I'm not saying there's not a place for college. I'm not saying that. Right. But I think I think the art of the trade is something that's really not being told yeah. or talked about in schools anymore. And it's a shame because those jobs and the, those careers are always going to be there and they're oh, always yeah. going to be needed. Yeah. And it just seems like everybody just wants to push everybody to college just to learn an office job right away. But not everybody can work in an office. Like, yeah, you know, Oh, I know, I know. Well, I'll tell so, you what I, I mean, I have a master's degree and there's people that have a, um, a technical skill that they learned at a Votech and they're, they're somewhere welding right now, probably mm-hmm. making time and oh, a yeah. half more than what I'm making, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a huge advocate as well. In fact, both of my boys went to Votech and my, my oldest is, uh, he's in his senior year of Votech mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'll tell you what, I think it paid dividends on what made them what they wanted to do today, you know? Yeah. And, and not only that, but it's a life skill too, right? It's right. something that, you know, let's say you go for heating and plumbing or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? you own your own house, you don't have to pay somebody to come and fix your heating and plumbing. And that's right. huge. You know what I mean? Like, sure yeah. is. Yeah, it is. So I'll tell you, I, I mean, that's what my background is in teaching. School is not for everybody, at least not sit down in a mm-hmm. classroom school. Absolutely. There are so many ways to learn. And the way that they run Votex now is a lot different than they did 25 years ago. Um, these kids can go to Votech. They can still participate in extracurricular activities. Yep. They can mm-hmm. take the college prep courses, the honors courses. They don't have to bus back and forth like they used to. Um, and there are so many things offered there now that just were not offered before. And um, oh yeah, my son is very, he's good with um, logical things. He's great with math he likes designing Mm. things and those are things but he also has a huge heart for animals and so he's Mm -hmm. not sure like oh they have you know the robotics and the small machines and stuff like that but then they also have like the vet tech programs and so the way they do it now too is the kids they can decide what they want to do but they Mm -hmm. do a rotation hey, your first year there, you're doing the rotation. If you decide you're going for mechanics, guess what? You're still doing your rotation in the human services because you need to see what all this stuff is. And um, yeah, I love the way that they do that now. They're not as pigeonholed um, as it used to be. That's awesome. It so, really is. Yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, look how rounded you have been over the years. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I mean, you know, you started out as, I mean, what was uh, when you worked in the school that you and I worked in? Was that kind of like your first job out of college, or were you that? Um, that was one of them. I I started with the school district. Um, yeah, out of out of school, and my first position uh, with the school district was actually um, my high school gym teacher had oh. taken a sabbatical. Okay, and so I was teaching. <laughs> high school gym oh my wow for um for a semester before i before i did that and um and then after you know so i after the school shut down i 
did uh, kindergarten for a while, which was a total different <laughs> than I Latin. can imagine. Yeah, really. Those, I mean, I kind of figured out that I really didn't want to be in a traditional educational environment. And, and what we had going at the school was, I mean, it was educational, but it was not your standard run-of-the-mill students. I really yeah. wanted to be doing something for, you know, a population that just needed a little more, that needed um, sure. something different. And and so that's, I, I kind of, my career went a little differently after that, but mm -hmm. um, I, a, after I had my son, um, you know, I, I worked part-time for a while teaching. Okay. Uh, I went to a private school and, and taught part-time for a while while he was an infant and a toddler. Sure. And then um, I actually went and, and worked in mental health for a little while because I really want that, that just traditional environment wasn't, yeah. it wasn't what I wanted. Um, and okay. so I, I went to, um, one of our local inpatient facilities that that is now um, owned by the company you work for. Oh, really? Not at the time. And okay. I, um, I, I worked there for a while. And some of our other former co-workers had worked at that same place for a while. And yes. um, I figured out what I wanted to do. And then I, I started working in social services. And um, it's, I've been in social services since 2010 and wow. um, just have had some really great experiences with, with people that really need some extra help. And, yeah. um, and that's what I like to do. I like to provide that. Um, you know, I, similar to you, didn't have, you know, when you're in social services and mm -hmm. things that it's, it's not necessarily an accident it's because somebody helped you along the way right and, right um, and it just feels like the right thing to do I had some great folks in my life and growing up um and it's nice to be able to do that now and yeah and, uh, it's it's just a different kind of feeling than your traditional population work. So. Oh, yeah. It's funny you say that because I always say that it's no accident that we end up in this field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's a reason why we we work with the population we work with. There's a reason why you travel to the locations that you travel to. Um, because if you remember, you know, when I worked, when we both worked in that school, I got to travel out to uh, Colorado to uh, deal with a, a situation out there, which wasn't the most pleasant of experiences, but, um, but it was still an experience that I don't regret mm -hmm. not, you know, taking. And, uh, you know, so it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to kind of see where certain things like jobs take us. And then, you know, what happens within the family dynamics that kind of leads you in that direction. And, you know, what's, What's interesting about both of you with your job careers is that everything you've done has been in some some way or another to help other people. Like it's yeah. kind of interesting. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. It is, and it's really honestly, it it is really a rewarding feeling when when you can walk away from a situation. And I'm sure you know, like even with you, most recently, when you walk away from Milwaukee, knowing that those folks are better off because of your visit. 
um, that's got to be rewarding, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you can't, um, and that's just something that has been ingrained through me my whole life. That's that's part of the, you know my faith journey is just sure. that I, I am here to serve other people, and I take mm-hmm. that pretty seriously. Um, yeah. And and that's that's just a big thing for me to leave something better than you found it. And mm-hmm. my gosh, I don't have all the answers, but <laughs> I can sit and help somebody. I don't yeah. have to have the answers. Sometimes people just need to know that somebody cares. Yeah, and, sure. And that's more important, you know, than anything else I can do. And, and I'm lucky that I get to do that professionally. Yes. Um, for I, in my off time, like what I work with volunteers full time, but I volunteer, and mm-hmm. that is something that you know for years going on missions trips and things like that. You raise funds for, and you, mm-hmm. you pay to go and help people, and you put you know you put a lot into it, and being able to do something I love professionally it it's just amazing just combining some oh of those yeah experiences and um and I I learned so much not just from my co-workers and not just from my training but all the people that I work with and I'm able to serve you learn so much just mm-hmm. about human nature and just about the resiliency of people mm-hmm. and seeing how I mean, could you imagine your house burns down? Yeah. And and you have to go and have strangers help you and mm-hmm. take care of you. And the way that people respond, I mean, mm-hmm. it's absolutely breathtaking. These, it is. These mm-hmm. Folks, and not only like they're going through this and they're helping each other. They're helping mm-hmm. their neighbors. They're making sure that, you know, that they're helping other people. And a lot of times those folks will come back after they get on their feet and, Hey, I want to volunteer because mm-hmm. one time I was involved in this and and you guys came and helped me. And, and that is just amazing. That's yeah. That's when it gets paid full circle, right? Yeah. 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 So, and so, it is, it's just everyday people, yeah. that, you know, are, are helping. Yeah, and it makes and, you realize that all these, you know, for all the publicity and stuff that gets published that's bad, there's a darn, there's a heck of a lot more good than there is bad. Oh and and, it, and I wish that would get brought to light. And, mm-hmm. you know, Howie, I'll go back to one of our first episodes with Troy Martin and talking about being on the news and, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. And that's what they all, mm-hmm. that's all they want to talk about is the negative stuff. Right. But, um, you know, something like this needs to be brought to light. Like there's so many good people out there that are willing to help, willing to donate. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't get recognized and it should. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, uh, one of the, the reasons I had asked Howie about this was uh, we're in the beginning of April and April's Volunteer Appreciation Month. Yep. Oh, excellent. And I, I can tell you, I could say it a million times a day and it does not express how appreciative and thankful I am for my volunteers. Um, Mm -hmm. These folks, I mean, they are amazing. Absolutely amazing. And and we've got folks that, um, I have a volunteer that a couple of weeks ago, 
65 years. He's been volunteering wow. for Red Cross oh for gosh. 65 years. Oh my years. gosh. Um, I've got an, another gentleman, actually our gentleman that is our, our lead disaster expert in Lebanon County. 55 years with the Red Cross. That's amazing. That is amazing. And not only does he volunteer, his wife volunteers with him. And I mean, this, it is these are amazing folks. So what, what happens during this month when you guys are recognizing uh, volunteers? What, what any special event or anything? We are. We're actually doing um, Volunteer Appreciation Week is the 18th to the 24th this year. So we okay. are doing the we've got some limitations with with COVID right now. So we can't do as much as we could, but we want to make sure that these folks know they're appreciated. Um, mm -hmm. And so we're having some of those reverse parades where our volunteers will will come through and we'll be able to appreciate them and acknowledge them. Um, we'll have some of our equipment out. We, you know, we're gonna give them some Red Cross swag. Um, but also <laughs> just some, some other things they've got. We have yeah. some corporate partners that were very generous and, and donated um, some things that our volunteers are gonna have a chance to win. Um, and we're doing in our central PA area, we have eight counties, mm -hmm. and so we're doing a an event in Harrisburg, one in York, and one in Lancaster, so that folks can come to whichever one is closest to them. Um, it's awesome. We've got some other surprises going on that I don't want to say yet because <laughs> because we're not um, we're not <laughs> quite ready to tell about those things, but we just try and make an extra effort. Yeah. Um, and we really try and make our volunteers feel special all the cool. time though. Um, I mean, I've got um, our volunteers in four of our counties here. I, I directly supervise them and, and we try and make sure that when it's their birthday, they, you know, I'm sending them a birthday card and it's not, you know what I mean? It's not a canned emblem on the front stamp signature. Uh, I yeah. mean, folks are, are part of my everyday life and that's awesome i i try and know them and and know what they need you know if something happens and they need help i will tell you there's not a volunteer on my list that if i don't know i would call them at two in the morning for some reason they would be there these yeah. are dedicated folks and that's and neat they serve their community but they they serve each other Okay. And these are amazing folks. We've got our own kind of little Red Cross family and, and everybody is amazing. Um, yeah. We are uh, actually in April and up until May, we're doing sound the alarm events. I don't know if you guys have, have heard of the sound the alarm and the home fire safety campaigns. But I don't that think happens so. In the spring every year. Um, and so for the past five years, the American Red Cross has just trying to make the public more aware okay. of how to be safe. And so um, with our Homes Made Safer campaign, we are targeting specific communities and we do an entire campaign. We pair up with the, like the borough council, the township council, Neat. the fire departments, EMS, and educate that community. Um, we do presentations, make sure that they know the importance of smoke alarms. We partner with organizations. Our fire departments can do the fire alarm installs. That's all free. 
for mm -hmm. the public because we know those smoke alarms save lives. And any yeah. house we put a smoke alarm in or that we do home fire education for, that's mm -hmm. logged. And well, then awesome. say in two years, there's a fire at that house. Whenever there's a fire, it gets run through the system. Oh, everyone in that house got out. Did we install smoke alarms there? Huh. And so we can actually calculate how many lives were saved because of the smoke alarms okay. that were installed. That's so cool. It's just, these are important things. I don't yeah. know if this is a, it won't say fun fact because it's not fun, but um, we respond to fires every single day. Um, yeah, yeah. In in the last year, I'll, I'll say since July, because we do everything by the fiscal year. So since July in our eight counties here, there have been over 300 fires. Hmm. Wow. And it, it, in eight little counties in central yeah. And um, Pennsylvania, in in the nation, we are not the biggest state. Um, we are not. Uh, hmm. We are number one right now since January first. Jeez. Fire fatalities in this country. Yeah. Mm. It, which can be prevented. Um, um. We have, as of yesterday, in Pennsylvania, there have been fifty-seven deaths. Due hmm. to home fire. Oh my gosh. Pennsylvania. I, I've and seen that's in less the news. Than of, California, that's less than Texas, and they've got way bigger populations than we mm -hmm. do. And um, these can be eliminated. Mm -hmm. um, just having a working smoke alarm, and we have them for mm -hmm. free. Um, yeah. We partner with our fire stations, the emergency management agencies, mm. and, and these are things that can be prevented. If And even if you have a working smoke alarm, which we want everybody to have a working smoke alarm, what do you do when it goes off? Right. Right. Do your have a plan. And you yeah. as an adult might know. Do your kids know? Right. Do Does anyone in your house with a disability know? Your pets? What? what are you doing? Um, yeah. so we, we, we educate about that. We encourage people to do a two minute drill. You got two minutes to get out of your house. Yep. If there's a fire and then when you get out, where are you going? Right. And I'm going to um, be honest. I don't really have much of a chance where I'm sitting right now, uh, being down here <laughs> in my basement in the theater room. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a goner, uh, Melinda. So well, did have you had a homes made seat? Has anyone from the Red Cross educated you? <laughs> Maybe that's what I need. And actually, if they wanted, if I wanted that to happen, what would I do? I would go to redcross.org. Or... Oh, you would go to redcross.org. Give me one second. I am going to give you our local central PA number okay. where you can call and schedule. You All can right. actually call and schedule your own presentation and we can do it virtually there you go um so you don't even have to put your shoes on you know, <laughs> yes enough. our number right here in central pa it's 1-833-315-0811 mm -hmm. okay um, and i can send you that but that sure. um and that is that number that'll come to us in central pa but if you have a listener in California and they call that number, mm -hmm. we can take care of them and set it up so that their local chapter sure. can make sure that they're follow up, followed up with. That's awesome. Excellent. Yeah, that's great. For them. 
All right. If, well, if they would call in. We can set up a presentation. Make sure that that they're safe, that their house is safe. Um, and we've got programs for kids, school age kids, um, fun games. Stuff yeah. Like that. But it, we've had little kids that saw a presentation in school that saved their family members if they had. That's awesome. Wow. Because they knew what to do. Well. Well, thank you very much, Melinda, for uh, sharing with us all that, um, all the facts about, you know, the American Red Cross and about all yep. your adventures and, uh, and, and this month being, uh, you said volunteer, what is it officially? Volunteer, volunteer Awareness Appreciation Month. Appreciation, yeah, yeah. Volunteer Appreciation Month. So, uh, and really guys, I don't really, I don't really um, talk up a lot about, um organizations when it comes to donations but if there's one organization out there that i really truly believe in um donating anything to money wise or whatever i always believed that the american red cross was one of those organizations uh it because in my opinion you folks you seem like you funnel the money where it needs to be funneled yeah i you know? i'll tell you um it is there is a high value on, we use the term donor dollar because this yeah. is not our money. This is not coming from, a, this is people's money that they are donating to help other people in their community. Right. And we, I am telling you, if I need to go to Staples and buy a pack of pens, I am turning in that receipt. There is a code for it. It, it is accounted for. Um, there, there is not frivolous spending going on in any way, shape, or form. Um, Good. It is, if you donate to the Red Cross, it is going to serve people. And yeah. we know how to stretch a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I can, I can tell you, but people are getting quality, quality service. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is just training um, that that anyone can do though. I mean, you don't have to be an expert in anything. We, if you have a heart to volunteer, we will pull those skills out um, that you've already got. If you, I mean, we've, we've got finance departments, we've got logistics departments, we've got folks, hey, um, some of my door hangers for the sound the alarm event, they're yeah. in, they're in Wilkes-Barre. Okay. I need somebody to drive up and get them. Yeah. So one of our logistics volunteers is going to, we, we've got to get this material um, distributed. If, if we, you know, when somebody donates blood and the blood's got to get to a hospital, mm -hmm. a volunteer yep. does that. The, yeah. I mean, those are when you go to give blood and somebody's checking you in, that's a volunteer. Okay. These are all in, even um, we, we've got health services folks, nurses the they're volunteering wow that's and, awesome uh, we actually have we've got disaster mental health services a lot of folks that's a trauma yeah gone through and, and we've got disaster mental health folks disaster spiritual care folks um we we have pet loss pet mm -hmm. bereavement folks just hmm. because we have to meet people's needs holistically yeah yeah that makes sense cool. well thank you so much uh, melinda yeah. i mean this was thank uh, you yeah, I really learned a lot, honestly, and uh, very informative. Um, not only learned a lot about the American Red Cross, but uh, you know, we learned a little bit about your uh, your spiritual uh, background and getting certified to uh, take care of uh, some mutual friends of ours. <laughs> hey. And uh, you know, so 
you, you definitely have led an interesting life to say the least um, from the time you were probably in high school, from the time, you know, all the way up to college to, you know, where you and I first met to where you are today. Um, you definitely have nothing to be ashamed of. That's and for sure. You got to make the most of it, right? Yep. Without a doubt. Without you a doubt. Make the most of it. And I like so, to have fun, but I also, good. you know, I want to do it in a positive way and I want that's awesome you know helping is is a thing I like and yeah. uh, and I want to I, I got a long time left to do this and now let's hope so right I'm let's a professional so. helper I mean that <laughs> it doesn't get better than that right yep without Absolutely. a doubt so well once again thank you so much for uh, coming on board and uh, taking the time to chat with us I appreciate thank you, that guys. yeah not a problem all right. And that was our uh, interview with uh, Melinda. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to reach out to the Red Cross, uh, just check them out online, go to redcross.org. Uh, and like Troy said earlier, you know, um, hey, if you want to win some tickets, you know, especially I've never been to the Indy 500. That would be kind of an interesting. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be a pretty cool place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To get to get free tickets just for giving some blood. Absolutely. Why not? You yeah. know? Yep. Most definitely. Um, you know, chances to win uh, gift cards. And, um, you know, you obviously you can donate there just in general, just if you want to donate monetarily, you can donate there. Yeah. Um, and there's also the thing that I also wanted to bring up that I saw was there's so many classes on here that you can sign up for oh, Yeah. that I didn't even know were available. And, you know, I'm just scrolling through the list here. There, and a lot of them are online. So you don't have to worry about going anywhere. Yes. But there's first aid, there's CPR, there's AEDs, there's, um, uh, babysitting and childcare, swimming and water safety, mm -hmm. uh, lifeguard training, uh, CNA testing and training. Um, and these are all things that you can sign up for in the American Red Cross. And some of them are free. Some of them cost money. Yeah. But I saw one on there that's like a basic first aid class for like caregivers and babysitters and stuff. Interesting. And it was like 35 bucks. Okay. Um, so, you know, if, if this, you know, a young teenager or something that's looking to get into the babysitting field, maybe something like this would be a good course that, you know, even their parents could pay for just to make sure that if something happens when they're watching right. somebody that they would know what steps to take and make sure everybody was safe, you know? Yeah. Um, and just curious, Troy, are you, are you certified in CPR or anything like that? I am not anymore. It expired. Okay. Um, cause I think they only last two years. Correct. Um, depending on where you go. Yeah. It's okay. one year or two years. So, yeah, I think um, we used to be certified for two years and then, um, for whatever reason work stopped, um, having us train for it. Interesting. Um, yeah, but my, my wife just li literally had hers a couple of weeks ago. So she's certified okay. again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that's on here. CPR is on here. So you can do that. Um, I mean, a bunch of different stuff on here. Mm -hmm. um, tornado safety tips. Huh. I mean, stuff like that. Like how that's to. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, home fire, you know, safety stuff. And she talked about that. Having a, a plan for a fire. Yeah. Does everybody know the plan. Right. Um, and if so I things. correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't she say that uh, they actually distribute free fire alarms or I I uh, wanted to ask detectors? That I wasn't I wasn't sure, but I think she did say that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought so as well. I wasn't sure if that was just for anybody or if that was like certain um, seminars or something they do. Maybe they, you know what I mean? Like if people yeah. go to these 
fire safety seminars or whatever, then they might hand them out there or something. I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't understand exactly, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, you can get fire detection, um, sign up to be a volunteer on here. I mean, yeah. that's, that's another thing you can do. If you want to be a volunteer, you can do that on here. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like we said, 90%, 90% of the American Red Cross is volunteers. So they are heavily dependent on, you know, outside sources as far as absolutely. assisting them. So uh, they'll lead you in the right direction. And, uh, and all you got to do is just uh, assist. And, and it sounds like they treat their volunteers well, because she mentioned, you know, I mean, the longevity of some of these volunteers uh, yep. is just amazing. So yeah. And, and another thing with volunteers, like, like she mentioned, like they go somewhere uh, to help out and maybe they're there for a couple of weeks mm -hmm. and the local community, the local, I don't know, pizza shop, restaurant, whatever. Right. Like they're, they're almost always willing to help these volunteers out too. And they'll give them a couple of meals or something like that to help them get by, you know, things like this. And it, it just, you know, these, these little baby steps where we have somebody helping out mm -hmm. somebody else in a, in a terrible situation. And then everybody does their part, you know, yeah, to help yeah. out. Like somebody's good at making food. Somebody's good at uh, going out and finding deals for a bunch of stuff that the people may need. There's just, it's just really incredible to see right. people step up when, when people need it the most, you know? Yeah. And, and when you see, uh, when you see disasters occur, like whether they're, um, you know, natural fires or, or um, man-made fires or, mm -hmm. or tornadoes or hurricanes or whatever they may be. Uh, you see such an organized setup at these places where they have everything going on and everybody's got their, their job to do in their place. You know, that doesn't happen by accident. People don't just show up and boom, there you go. Everything's organized. Uh, right. it, it takes it, on an organization like the American Red Cross um, to put that stuff together on site and make things happen. And uh, and it's not cheap. You know, these things right. aren't cheap to get done and and put into place. So, you know, if people are you know, I always see these uh, birthday things, hey, you know, um, make a donation to my birthday charitable organization, blah, 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 on social mm -hmm. media, you know, consider the American Red Cross, you know, yeah. because, uh, you know, they, they really truly put uh, their money to uh, good use. And, uh, and you kind of know where their money is going, just. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very, very good point. And um, so, Thank you, Melinda. Thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, talking about the American Red Cross. Mm -hmm. And don't uh, forget, if you want to, if you want to get married, <laughs> yeah. Melinda yeah, also, will uh, marry you as well. Yeah, uh, you can you can look her up as an ordained <laughs> minister. Um, we did find out that she is not very cheap. Um, yeah, that's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, but she'll so, negotiate. Yeah, I'm sure she's negotiable. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's that's all I have on uh, Melinda. So, again, thanks for your time. And uh, I guess that'll lead us into a little preview of next week, huh? Yeah, without a doubt. So, uh, we actually have a, um, I guess what you can call a local expert in the uh, in local um, uh, 
Well, in local crime history, whatever you may want to call this, but uh, we're going to dive a little bit into the Blue Eyed Six. And uh, for folks of you, uh, for those of you that aren't around this area, you know, the Blue Eyed Six uh, was um, a group of men who uh, took out a a life insurance policy uh, on a local guy. I believe it was what, for $10,000? I believe that's I what it was supposed to be somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and their, their goal was to uh, basically murder him and collect that money and, uh, and live high ho- off the hog, you know, back in what, 1878, I believe it was 1870. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I don't know that necessarily their plan was to murder him, but I think they got impatient. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, a, that's what it sounded like. I, I think more than impatient, but maybe greedy. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so uh, we're going to be talking to uh, none other than uh, Dan Hess, who uh, has a lot of uh, local history knowledge. And uh, I think with that being said, here's a here's a quick uh, clip of him uh, where you can find him on uh, YouTube. So here's uh, Dan. This is St. Joseph Springs, not far from here. An intentional premeditated murder happened. The victim is a man in his 60s named Joseph Raber. The killers and their conspirators would go on to everlasting fame, known nationwide as the Blue-Eyed Six. So uh, that's Dan, and uh, and uh, he sounds very uh, dramatic in that scene right there, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he does. He does. But you, but you know what? It's it's a very dramatic thing that happened yeah. it really is um yep it, it i don't know it just it, it amazes me to this day and um and we'll talk about you know this more with dan but um the, the course that i learned the most that i enjoyed the most of any history class i ever took yes. was my pennsylvania heritage class and it was really cool to learn about things in pennsylvania um specifically this yeah, and this took up a good portion of our marking period that one semester. Yep, it sure did. And, and I had um, his class as well. Okay, and from talking with him, he said it's no longer available, and now yeah. he has to tie the Pennsylvania Heritage stuff into his regular history course. And that's a real um, shame. It really is a shame uh, because that that is a class where I think no matter where you live you should have a good sense of the history in your own backyard. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'm, and I'm glad he's able to figure out a way to tie it in that he can still use it. Yeah. Um, Because I I don't know. I just think it's important to know what was happening. Like you said, in your own backyard, like what, Mm -hmm. who lived there, where were your, who were their ancestors? You know, what, what were their jobs? What, you know what I mean? Like, like just little stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. then to know there's a crime like this, that, really got national attention honestly it did um i mean it's it it really is interesting and we're going to dig into it we're going to talk a little bit about who were the 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 perpetrators who was the victim Mm -hmm. um why did they need the money you know little stuff like that let's you know let's we're going to dig into it pretty good with with dan and uh, i'm really excited to get into this conversation honestly i am too and um and it kind of makes me think about just history in general i mean how lucky are you and i troy when you Mm -hmm. really think about it what is in our backyard historically wise 
you know, I don't know if you know, we, we have the first, um, uh, we have the first uh, functioning man-made tunnel mm-hmm. in our back, literally 10 miles from my house anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Probably three for mine. Yeah, yeah. three for you. Um, yeah. In fact, my, my youngest son did a uh, Eagle, his Eagle Scout project there. In fact, we okay. just finished it yesterday. Um, and, uh, you know, we got Gettysburg, we got yeah. Philadelphia. I mean, we got uh, Hershey. I mean, there's so yeah. much history that people just don't take the time to like literally enjoy. Because, the Cornwall furnace. Yeah. And how much that had a play in, mm-hmm. in World War you know, one and two and so on. Yep. So, Bethlehem steel. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, yeah, <laughs> people don't realize, you know, the, the history, even the sports history, you know, um, like even for us, you know, Babe Ruth played in our, in Lebanon, you know, during, mm-hmm. during the war. So, I mean, just so much going on that uh, we just have no idea. Some of us, I guess you can say. So, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to talking to Dan, uh, not Absolutely. only about the blue eyed six, but you know, about history in general. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it'll be kind of neat catching up with him because, you know, you and I have been out of uh, high school for eh, just a few years, I guess you can mm-hmm. say, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just a few. Uh, yeah. Just a few. And, uh, it'll be great catching up with him again. So. Yeah. It's probably been, I mean, I saw him the other day, I picked up some materials that he shared with me just to kind of get prepped for our conversation. Right. Uh, but that was probably the first time I've seen him in 20 years. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And nicest guy in the world. He really Absolutely. is. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, that'll be coming up next week and, uh, I hope you folks enjoyed our, uh, interview with, uh, Melinda and, uh, hope you guys learned a lot from that. And, uh, yeah, she's a great friend and, uh, and it's because of her, that we actually got to uh, build a relationship with another uh, um, guest of ours, uh, Brad Moyer. So mm-hmm. uh, she is the uh, reason why uh, we uh, get to chat with him a lot. So, yes. So please go out, visit redcross.org and donate, do something, volunteer, donate, donate blood, something. Yep. Yes, indeed. All right. So uh, with that being said, I believe that will be our show uh, for the week. And uh, I guess until next week uh you guys have a great week and uh stay dry at least if you're here in pennsylvania my gosh it's pouring down yeah it's so, crazy right now yeah it is all right well hey you have a great week troy you too <laughs>